0: hello everybody welcome back to the keep it simple podcast uh this is episode eight Uh, it's hard to believe we've been at this for eight weeks um but today uh, is a special day uh one of my very best friends hayden martin is on the show today hayden is um an inspiration to so many Um, He uh, has the heart of a lion and and a never-give-up attitude. And uh, uh, with his Westlake Outfitters work, uh, he encourages others uh, to get outdoors. And um, so a lot of you uh, are familiar with Hayden from uh, an earlier episode uh, way back in season one. Uh, of the Simplify podcast, Uh, that episode is no longer up or available. So uh, for some of you, a few things today may be redundant, uh, but for many of you, it'll be brand new. Hayden, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you uh, for making time and for coming on, brother.
1: I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a good time.
0: Yeah, excited to have you. So just kind of starting at the beginning, um, for those that don't know, um, you have uh, been diagnosed uh, with FSHD, um, and if you would, if you don't mind, just kind of explain to us uh, what is FSHD, how does it affect you?
1: Absolutely. Uh, FSHD, muscular dystrophy, is fascio scapular dystrophy, and essentially uh, is a muscle-wasting disease, a chronic-wasting disease where um it affects my my upper body my face and the upper legs and my ankles and so what it does is essentially uh i can't grow any muscle but my muscle will gradually uh weaken over time and it's been progressive um it hasn't it's not like it was all of a sudden it has come in stages whereas like first not- it first noted was noticeable when uh I was six years old when I was diagnosed. But then from then on, from six years old to about when I was 12, I had a pretty much normal childhood in terms of what I was able to do. But then um, 12 was the first step where it really started affecting me. And then uh, about senior year again, then a little bit in college, and then just recently. It, uh, at age 29, 30, it has really started to to kind of progress a little more. So it's just been in spurts here and there.
0: Okay. Um. So one thing that I uh, is so remarkable to me. So you are a black belt. Um. And ta- is it Taekwondo? Have I got that right?
1: Yeah, it's in Taekwondo.
0: Yeah, Taekwondo black belt. Uh, have lived literally all over the world. Uh, Eagle Scout. Um. Played baseball uh, as a boy, an all-star baseball player. And so, um, you know, even, you know, in your formative years, 6, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, never did slow down. Um, at 12, what began to happen? You said, you know, you were diagnosed at 6, but there really wasn't a big change until 12. What, what happened around 12?
1: Yeah, when I was 12, I started falling a lot. Um, and it was just, uh, we first thought it was my knees. So we were doing like just different knee braces, um, different orthopedics, uh, just stuff like that, because we thought it was my knees and we didn't realize, you know, until later on that it was actually my upper legs that were starting to get weaker because I was losing, I was losing the ability to run.
0: Gotcha. So the tripping and that then led you to seek help, to, to, to seek, seek out specialists, or how did that, what was the natural progression in that, I guess?
1: Uh, it really, yeah, we saw a couple specialists uh, got fitted for a leg brace. I remember that. That was awkward as I'll get out, just really? cause, uh, having my leg sandaled in a way that I wasn't used to, and then having this big plastic thing on my leg just to see if it was going to work. Uh, that mm-hmm. was not the move, and we just tried some different ankle braces from ankle and knee braces from uh, Academy just to see like what would work best. And we found a couple that worked where you tie it into your shoe and then the laces come up and wrap around your ankle to help uh, keep the, the ankle from tripping over itself.
0: Gotcha. Great. And so then um, high school years for sure. I know you were super, super active in band I mean band was kinda uh, a centerpiece of your life, is that right?
1: Yeah, my uh especially marching band during uh during football season. That was that was where it was at.
0: Yeah. And some of your best friends, I mean, even to this day, a lot of your best friends were through through marching band.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. I, I mean everyone that's gonna be in my wedding, uh, that's gonna be up there, they were they're from marching band. Uh and really band is just, it was such a good time in my life. Because, mm-hmm. And like, like you said, it, I've kept such good friendships from that time all the way to now. And, you know, that's sort 16 years or so. And just to have that to this day, I've, I couldn't be more thankful for, for those guys and who they are and who they mean to me, what they mean to me. And then just mm-hmm. uh, even though we're spread out throughout the United States with the fact that through technology like this, we're able to keep in touch and talk and even though it's not every day because we all have families we're just able to to check in on each other make sure we're okay and uh at least once maybe twice a year we, we try to get together uh anywhere we can and just kind of have a weekend and have some fun
0: yeah 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 and so what all did you play in marching band i know you played several instruments
1: yeah i was in the the fun ensemble mm-hmm. and i played the xylophone my freshman year It's a mallet instrument. And then my sophomore through senior year, I played the timpani, which are the big kettle drums that uh, really echo and resonate throughout uh, the whole entire field.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Wick. So my oldest played – he was in the pit in that front ensemble and um, played the – now, I used to call it the xylophone, and he would correct me. It was something else. I don't remember what he called it. Yeah. Yeah. marumba or something maybe every time i would say xylophone he would he would correct me
1: yeah the marumba is the right one
0: marumba yeah yeah and then i think he he moved up to set he played the drum set you know but the the timpanis were always cool it had that drama that boom, 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 boom. and uh, um and uh it kind of reminded me of like harry potter world or lord of the rings or one of those you know that's got that theatrical kind
1: of vibe to it oh yeah oh yeah i I love playing it so much just because you know you'd have like you could do like the big entrances or you could just be the the transition from one scene to another or just the the little notes here and there that will just like wait he did what now and it was uh or did you hear that and it was it was so much fun just just playing it and then uh so i was also the timpani that i was on they were on a, a a cart that would go around the field when we left and uh what I would do at every football game at the end of it is I would turn and I do a princess wave to the crowd just for the <laughs> kicks and giggles of it so that way uh that way they could have a little bit of interaction with uh with us at, uh during that time
0: that's awesome that's hilarious so um Knowing a little bit of your story, and, and 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 you and I were introduced after high school, um, and we'll get to that. But um, I guess in high school you got involved in the youth group over at Christ. How did that come to be?
1: Yeah, so the youth group at Christ was about about from Alex Owen, who one of my good friends. Uh, okay. I had stepped away from the church that I was attending at the time, uh, okay. just due to a couple things with the music program that really hurt me. And then he he kind of reached out to me one day. I was like, hey, man, are you going to church right now? And I was like, no, I'm not attending any church right now. So he he invited me to Christ, and that was how I was able to get back into church. And that was how I really just started to to fall in love with the church again, just to really get back into it and start the, the development of my faith as my own. Because uh, I was raised in a non-denominational church or a Baptist church. And then that was a Methodist church. And, you know, I didn't, about that age, I didn't really think anything of it with, uh, you know, different denominations at all. I was just like, I'm back in a church and that's that's where you needed to be. You know, you need to be in a church. And it was such a a good time to grow with him, to grow uh, with Eric and Alex. And my younger brother came on for a bit and just... uh, the Sorianos came here and there and we were just, we were just able to, able to really grow together and just, uh, do that, uh, when we weren't, uh, playing marching band or, uh, pulling all nighters, playing video games during those high school years.
0: Yeah. So what, what, what year was that? What grade was, did you start to get involved at Christ United Methodist?
1: Uh, I started getting involved at Christ around probably 2009, 2010. My, uh, Junior, senior year of high school is when I got
0: okay. back into it. Okay. And that uh, that's such a testament to, the, to, to young folks being intentional. You know, I can't, we were talking, uh, Brooke Kitchens, who's one of your dear friends, we're all kind of in the same friends group. Um, she and I were just talking, or maybe it was Brandon before that, but I was just talking with somebody the other day, talking about how we cannot fathom, imagine what it would be like to be uh, a high school student or a middle school student now, um, Ugh. and in, in today's context. Um, and so, yeah, it was hard enough to be intentional, to invite friends to come hang out at church or youth group back then. Now, I think that's even, um, more pronounced, you know, more, uh, uh, higher acceleration in that it's, uh, um, culturally there's been such a shift in our, in our country, um, uh, but to your point, the, the being intentional to invite, you can never underestimate the power of an ask or an invitation. Oh,
1: absolutely. Cause I mean, I could have said no and just went about it, but I knew that, you know, he, he had my best interest at heart too, cause he was one of my good friends. And, uh, he was just was like, Hey, come to church, come check it out. If you don't like it, that's cool. But, yeah. you know, just come check it out. And really just, uh getting 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 the invitation means the world and i mean to this day just with uh just with uh anything that's going on just due to my uh the fshd getting an invite to anything means the world because it's already a little bit isolating as it is due to uh, what i can and can't do but if, i mean if you just if you invite me to something i will figure out how to be there just because i have an array of array of cares just to get there
0: yeah yeah and that's that's one thing that i love about you you have not allowed um the fshd to limit you or or your lifestyle of the way that you go about life and and integrate in community and uh even to damp to dampen your um extracurriculars and all the things that you're interested in um that refusal to let the disease define you um, is is incredible to me. Um, so you started going to uh, to Christ United Methodist to their youth group. Is that where you met Caitlin uh, and and the rest of that bunch, or did you already know her through marching band, or where? Did, how did she come into the equation?
1: Uh, I already knew uh, Caitlin and Alex, and Al- I knew Alex and Eric from middle school. And then we we were friends from middle school through high school. So I knew them. But then Kate, when she, I knew her through marching band beforehand. But then, uh, then she, uh, then, and then her her being there was just kind of a bonus.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's the other thing before we move on from that that I think is really cool to point out is, is you and, you and Alex were friends before he made the invitation. I mean, there was already trust. Uh, there was history and relationship that had been established. Um, I'm certain I would have to believe that that played into your willingness to accept the invitation and to, to wade off into something new to try something new.
1: Uh, absolutely. Uh, a, a, one thing that I've been pretty big on is just uh, being able to trust someone and mm-hmm. uh, to understand what they're doing. Where they're coming from when they ask me that, so, uh, that's one thing that, as like someone with a, a disability, limited capability, is that when you don't trust someone to do something, you're not gonna ask them to do anything or ask them to figure out how to help you um, just, just through just from the uh, common knowledge essentially, or just having that bond with them because you you just don't know you don't know what they're able to do. So
0: trust is probably the most valuable piece of relationship, but as a person with defined capabilities um, or in some degree, I guess, limited capabilities. So the, the that trust factor then is amplified, which makes sense now that you say that, because as I think back just right now, uh, whether it be on mission trips or retreats or hunting or all the different things adventures you and i have been on together there is kind of that same cycle of people that if they're around if there's certain of us who are around you ask us um more than anybody else i guess that goes back to trust yeah
1: absolutely just because i mean through the through the time that you spend with someone you're able to build that bond and you're able to know what they're able to do and it's it's not so much like a pre-judgment but like just when you look at someone and you're looking around the room, to see, I'm on the floor, I don't know who can help me out right now. And then mm-hmm. you see okay, you see your people, your person, you're like, All right, there's my people, I know what they can I know they can help me out, I know they can get me where I need to be. And it just that's just kinda how that played into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when our when our paths cross for the first time, it's one of my favorite pictures actually. I've got a picture of you somewhere just a, I mean yeah. <laughs> I think pretty much fresh out of high school um, and uh, you know 18 years old and and uh, young 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 and um, oh yeah. it's one of my it's one of my favorite pictures is night that you put your hands on the wall that at first there um, you know the picture I'm talking about I know
1: exactly the picture because yeah. it's the one where I don't have a mustache It's the one that you still have had.
0: Yeah, I've got <laughs> hair on my head and uh-huh. you don't have hair on your face. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I remember, I remember um, so kind of building off uh, mine and Brooks' conversation from last week. You know, we had launched that, uh, Michael Hernandez, who was at Christ, was part of that team that launched the Space Between with us. And, and so you all, uh, you and, and uh, the Cholins and um, Caitlin, Mm Uh, and eventually Brett, um, uh, the Sorianos for a season came over and, and, um, that was when we were first kind of getting the space between going. And, um, you know, uh, at the time I remember, um, realizing that there was something different about you, um, the intentionality and relationship, uh, the focus, uh, on people, um, you know, it was interesting to me, anybody that approached you, they were wanting to know more about you. Um, uh, and you have this way of constantly keeping a conversation about whoever it is that you're interacting with. And that was, I mean, that, that's something that was built into you and you were just young, super, super young. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's one of my first impressions uh, of you and then from there we began to build a relationship and what you told me that night was i just want to i just want you to treat me normal and yeah. uh, I said, i said well be careful what you ask for because i tend to dish out <laughs> a lot of a lot of crap to people that i treat normal and you were like bring it you know oh yeah and uh and so the 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 fun uh started from there but so through those college years what role did authenticity and relationship play in your life like out of high school kind of out into the real world if you will um what role did relationship uh, authenticity and community play in your life in that
1: season uh it played a community and an authentic relationship played a Huge role in my life during that time, um, especially when uh, my, I transitioned from Middle Georgia State to Middle Tennessee State. That was pretty huge because I left my community here. Well, you, book, uh, charity, uh, Connor, uh, Alex, and Eric, and we just—I went off on my own for the first time. And yeah. having built that relationship with you guys and building that. Trust with you guys. Uh, you know, I, I, I relied on that a lot during my time at MTSU, especially that that first semester when I didn't know anybody at all. And I know God sent a couple people to my life during that time that were really my, the, the saving grace at MTSU because just not knowing anyone and them coming into my life, and I still talk to them to this day. My good friend uh, Zion and J- Mackenzie and Justin Jones. Uh, both of them are sweet, dear friends to me, and I'm, I'm sure they don't know the impact that they had on me during that time. But yeah. from then, uh, I was able to branch out through a couple of different organizations on campus up there. Uh, Omega Delta Psi was a audio engineering and business organization that I joined, and from there I was able to just create, uh, create lasting friendships and networking with other individuals, in that industry and then uh the wesley foundation at mtsu was mm-hmm. a huge huge factor in my life just because i couldn't i couldn't find a home church up there uh, i went church hunting for a hot minute and i just couldn't find a church at all um mm-hmm. but the wesley foundation that became my church because we were able to meet tuesday when we did events tuesday wednesday thursday So during the week, and I was able to meet with a group of like-minded people and able to go out and do life with them and just uh, love on one another, do mission trips together, grow together. But at the same time doing that, I still made time to come back down to Warner Robbins every five, six weeks just to to touch in with y'all, see how y'all are doing, hang out, have some lunch and uh, have a meal and just continue building that relationship and just really doing life with you guys too. So now that I'm back in Warner Robins, uh, I still have my community up in Tennessee and I have my community here. So it's just now that I have two communities that, uh, that I built over the, over the years that are just really Mm -hmm. good groups of people
0: yeah and during those middle middle Tennessee state years, you were the master of surprise, so you were it it made me happy and it made me angry because you would leave from up there and not tell anybody that you were coming to Middle Georgia, and you would time it where you'd leave after class in Tennessee and you would show up on a Thursday night right as we were getting ready to start space between. And which may be incredibly happy, but then the dad in me, you know, dad mode Mm -hmm. was like, what if something had happened? What if, you know, what if, and we wouldn't have known that you were on the way. Like, does anybody know that you're traveling? And you're like,
1: nope. (laughs) I I had Uh, to have some fun with that. And I had to,
0: yeah,
1: I had had to, I had to get y'all from time to time with that.
0: Yeah. And so, um, so building that, building that, those relationships, um, it's interesting that you talk about the importance of the Wesley Foundation because um, w- what would you say to any anybody that's on a, a campus, um, a college campus that's not, no matter what year they are in college, that's not connected to a campus ministry? What would you say to them?
1: They definitely should get plugged into one, and I mean, I would, I really wouldn't frame it as a. Hey, you need to plug into here. That's a hey. Come, come have a lunch with us because uh, that's what I would do a lot. Because we would do Wednesday lunches, and mm-hmm. uh, for several of my friends who, okay, I, they want they aren't they weren't Christians. Uh, I would invite them to lunch at Wesley Foundation. I just said, hey man, we're having some lunch. Come, come get a free meal, and you know just come hang out, see what we're about. And I mean, okay, the meal was a was kind of like the selling point because you know starving college kids, which just oh, like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which like, so they came for the meal, but you know, even though I invited them, we still had uh, the campus minister, the assistant campus minister, and then just all the friends at Wesley Foundation would come, would just love on them while they were there, and they would just build a relationship with them too. So now, uh, the business organization that I was a part of, Omega Delta Psi they now ha- still continue to have a relationship with the Wesley Foundation. They still do uh, co- collaborative events with each other to this day, six years wow. later.
0: Awesome. So the leaders of those two organizations, uh, as far as MTSU, those those leaders are in relationship with each other now.
1: Well, the Omega Delta Thia is student-ran. It's not okay. even... Um, it doesn't have any, uh, any like Faculty, leaders or anything. Staff. It just, uh, it just through me being intentional with, uh, with the Wesley Foundation and bringing them over, and then a couple other friends were kind of doing the same thing I was. We were able to build that relationship with them, and we're able to be a bridge to them to, in order to kind of connect them to the Wesley Foundation and you know just love on them.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And during those years, you had Wiley. Uh, with you, uh you want to talk about Wiley a few minutes?
1: Yeah. Oh man, I missed that dog. Uh, Wiley, <laughs> Wiley was such a good dog. Uh, he stunk up a room, that's for sure. He would, he knew how to time, uh time his parts, that's for sure, just to kind of get a little <laughs> oh, t- my a little TMI right there. But man, uh, Wiley, I got Wiley in two thousand nine, and mm-hmm. Oh man, he was he was a good companion dog. Um, just the bond that's the one thing that people don't realize about the bond between a boy and a service dog is like magnified to a huge degree mm. because the dog is the dog is always with you wherever you go. And mm-hmm. so I had him at high school, I had him at college and then um really it was just We had such a good time because we would go on walks in the woods. Uh, I mean, I'd take him into different stores with me, and he would pick stuff off the ground for me. He would help me up because back then I could pull myself up into a sitting position with him, and then from there I could stand up using him. And then, uh, oh, man, he, he also saved my life one time at MTSU. Uh, actually legit saved my life because uh, wow. yeah, it was uh, my first semester at MTSU and we ju- it just started snowing mm-hmm. and I had seen snowing forever and it was like 2am and I walked outside barefoot and in my tank top and shorts just because was- I didn't really think anything of it but I slipped and fell and my door was closed and I mean I was like 15-20 feet away from it and so I was able to uh, call him over and pull up myself up onto him and then was able to go right back over, uh, scoop myself inside the house and get back inside where it was nice, safe and warm. But just hmm. how he was able to, to listen to me and to understand what I needed and to get me get me there, that was so good and so huge.
0: Yeah, I remember you telling me one time that you didn't think you would have been able to go up to mtsu if not for him like he uh having wiley with you open that door that would allow you to go up and live on your own and and go to school and do all the things that you really really wanted to do
1: absolutely absolutely yeah
0: Yeah, so i guess that's a pretty good segue um talking about dogs so um unfortunately you lost wiley what year was that
1: i lost wiley on Wow, the timing of this podcast, too. I lost Waiwa, uh seven years ago. No, 2015. So 2015. eight years ago tomorrow.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, dude. I didn't know that. Oh, no. Uh,
1: I didn't know. I wasn't necessarily paying attention, but yeah. So I know the podcast yeah. will come out uh, a little bit later, but I could, tomorrow being October 31st, uh yeah. eight years ago is when I lost him and then from there that was a big turning point in my life because I know we we're talking I know we were talking about about to talk about dogs for a little bit but during during that time uh was when I kind of became like a functioning alcoholic for a little bit just oh, wow just because not having him and being so far from home it really uh it really uh, just did a number on me in terms of that, just because you know, I, the the night she passed away, I felt it in my heart, and like yeah. I, I, I and I was just a mess that night. But then, after several months had passed, and you, you mentioned that uh, Kimber was about to have another litter, I I mean I cleaned up real quick, and I was like, all right, it's it's game time now. And then because yeah. that was when the summer before you had invited me to go with you to pick up Ruby, at, at, out in Missouri. And that was so much fun. And that was just seeing those dogs work really just changed everything for me and really just put my life on a different trajectory too, because if not for that, I wouldn't be doing, a, I don't think I'd be doing a lot of the outdoor stuff I'm doing right now because of, of that invite. And seeing those dogs work and then just watching how you worked with Ruby and just getting to be a part of that that was so much fun and so good
0: yeah and that's a beautiful natural segue kind of into your um Westlake Outfitters work and but you know the dogs are have been a key piece and even that is relational right so um excuse me, uh, for those of you who are listening or watching this that don't know. So, um, uh, when I was still living in Georgia, uh, way back, I don't know what year it was. Um, a friend of mine from here in middle Missouri, uh, uh, his uh, dog, good dog, Kimber, uh, Jake Frank, uh, Jake's good dog, Kimber, Jake and Kelly, uh, was, uh, having a litter of puppies. And, and, uh, so Jake's good dog, Kimber, uh, was out of our friend, Tim Rost's good dog, Lucy, Lucy's the matriarch of that line. And, and this whole friends group up here, you know, Stan Freak and George Weberg and, um, every, you know, there's this, there's this kinda, this kinda spider web. We talk about the importance of authenticity and relationship and community, um, with people, but that, uh, the same is true through these dogs. And, um, so Tim's good dog, uh, Lucy had a litter and, and Kimber was of that litter and, and, uh, Jake and Kelly ended up with Kimber and, uh, yeah. So then, uh, Kimber, uh, and our friend, Dan Lacey, his good dog, uh, Gus had a litter and I was fortunate enough to get a female out of, out of that um bunch and so that's ruby uh, a lot of you who follow along and we're friends have been friends or are friends now uh, most everybody uh, that knows me knows ruby and uh uh so when when that litter when ruby's litter was ready to go home you know of course i was living in georgia you had graduated from college and were home or were you still living in tennessee i
1: was home for the summer for the uh, summer from okay. tennessee because that was uh that was 2015
0: 2015 so uh when the pups were ready to go home i had to make a road trip and uh, hayden is always down for a good time so uh, spontaneity sometimes can be your middle name and so i invited <laughs> him to ride with me uh, and we hopped in the truck and drove out here to pick up ruby and if i remember correctly uh uh they had a go-at-home party so everybody who had a puppy from that litter was invited over to Jake and Kelly's and and Jake and Stan did a big cook they cooked a bunch of meat smoked a bunch of meat and had all the sides and it was just a big going home party and um uh, uh Cookie uh Cody from Dive Bomb Industries uh had a pup out of that litter and Uh, There was a whole bunch of people. That was a good scene. That was a fun night, uh, getting everybody together and and, uh, picking up those pups. So, yeah, you were there from the beginning of that. You remember she cried the whole way home? She cried for 13 hours
1: straight. Yeah, that that was when we could hear. She she wasn't in the back seat. She was in the bed of the truck, and we could hear her all the way back there.
0: Yeah, she was in the camper shell back in the back, and she yipped and howled the whole way home. So anyway, uh, the next year, Jake and and Dan crossed those two dogs again, Kimber and Gus. And so you, your your good dog Hurley, is a full sister to my Ruby, but just one year removed. One year later. Yep. Um. And so when we knew that Kimber took. And we knew there was going to be a litter of puppies. That was in that time you had lost um, Wiley, uh, and were grieving in that, and you had had that experience up here at Midway picking up Ruby. And um, I just kind of tossed out there, "Hey, there's another, there's another litter available. Are you interested in a dog?" And and you did not hesitate. Uh, you were all about that, and so oh yeah, um, we we put in, and Jake saved you a dog, and. Um, the rest, I guess, is history as as far as Hurley. But that did open a door for you. You want to talk about that kind of the door that opened a a, a good uh, high caliber gun dog uh, and the doors that that opened and kind of the segue into um, your love of of uh, the outdoor life.
1: Yeah, uh, just getting to getting to get receive Hurley from from jake was just a big life changer because then you know my life just switched from being strictly about the live entertainment industry to you know oh shoot i have a i've got a dog i need to take care of again and uh yeah. this was my first time with a puppy too i uh i got wiley when he was 18 months old so he was already fully trained and mm-hmm. then i got to i got early at eight weeks old and i was like what what did i what am i getting into Cause <laughs> yeah. i remember i, I probably texted blow well, your phone up so much just with like what do i do what do i do she did this what the crap am i supposed to do and then yeah i had a couple books that i read that i i probably should have been reading my audio engineering book but instead i was reading duck hunting book and dog training books and so that just slowly uh switch my switch gears in my head because even though I was still doing live entertainment work now I was doing a uh, gun dog training work and I was just getting I was just doing that kind of work now and uh through that I was I've been able to train her to do things I also needed to do around the house like pick up stuff for me that I dropped like she can she can pick up my phone for me she can pick up the remote, my hats, uh, just different things around the house like that, and then uh, just uh, just having fun with her too. Um, and hunting, hunting her. We haven't gone hunting in, in about a year or two, just because last year, you know, year before I broke my shoulder, so that kind of shift, shifted gears in what I was able to do. But just uh, just being able to hunt with her and just have her in my life has just been a lot of fun. Just because dogs are Dogs are so good, and they're so genuine. And like you look at them, and they they look back at you, and they know what you want, and you know what they want. And you're able to just go out and do life with them like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, net. So and that really opened. So you began um, at first a, a blog. Um, you called it Down to Westlake, and and uh, but Westlake it came from even even the blog the original blog and that down to Westlake project which morphed into Westlake Outfitters um, and is still very much a work in progress came from Hurley right so talk talk through that
1: yeah so uh, the the Westlake whole project uh, came from uh, came from Hurley and came from this dirt road down that loc- only locals only know as as you're driving down uh, Highway 96, you'll just look off and see a dirt road and think anything of it. But people who know it, they're just like, that's where you go to just get away from life. And Mm -hmm. you go down that road, there's the WMA out there, there's hunting land, there's uh, all these different creeks and all these uh, just different hangout spots to be. And then I would take her down there and we'd do training down there at the boat launch. We would do training in the fields and just different things like that. And then that was also where I spent a lot of my time talking to God and talking um, talking life with, uh, with other people and growing relationship with people, which through is through Westlake that just brought out the idea about Westlake Outfitters and the Down to Westlake uh, blog. And so I, I launched the blog just to as uh, COVID was about to get, start. I launched it uh the whole world was shutting down and it was a way that I was able to kind of keep the outdoors alive, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, to show people how to, with limited capabilities, how to get outdoors and how to uh, really just not let your disease, whatever you have, define yourself, define what you're able to do and just figure out different ways to, to get outdoors. And so... Uh, one way that I, I haven't featured yet, but I'm going to show with, uh, my friend Matt Carey, uh, the, one of the first ways he got me out to a duck blind with a whole bunch of gear because so mm-hmm. we, uh, the first time we went hunting with early, we, we put me in a kayak, put, uh, all of the gear on top of me. And then is that
0: when Ben, is that when Ben Williams? Yeah, that was when Ben
1: Williams went with me and that was when he drugged
0: you yeah and
1: then 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 Ben watched Shirley, and carried some of the gear but Matt drugged me about a quarter mile half mile out to the blind through the water in the woods and to get set up and that really was just the the launch the turning point of just being able to figure out how to get outdoors and how to do stuff Mm -hmm. just because I could I can't walk over uneven terrain but through that you know, you just find people who want to do life with you, and you're able to build that relationship with them, and you're able to to trust them and to understand that that they have your best interest in heart, and you're able to uh, to look at them and they know what you need, or you, you're able to talk with them and figure things out, and they they genuinely want to get you outdoors too, and get you involved too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and when you're when you're actually friends with people, I mean you genuinely care about a person, it's not an inconvenience. I mean it's not a detraction or uh it 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 doesn't make things it doesn't dampen the time, it actually amplifies the good time because it's the exact opposite of what most people would think. Most people would think as an able-bodied person to help someone with limited capabilities to get into remote places to enjoy the outdoors or work their dog or take part in a hunting experience you would think most people think that that would be a detraction that that would make things um it would take away from the experience and it's actually the opposite it's the exact opposite um it increases it makes the time uh, more special more memorable Um, to make those memories. And so just as you were talking, I was thinking about the way that God works through relationships in this beautiful kind of way that, so, you know, um, you lost Wiley, you got Hurley, you, she goes through training, you take an interest in trying to get her outdoors. So you begin going and, and working her down at Westlake. Um, and then you start to blog about that as a person with limited capabilities and getting outdoors and all of those things, that blog then hones your writing skills, which you're an incredible writer. You're an amazing writer, um, truly gifted. Um, But through that blog, that that gift kind of comes to light, and and you begin to kind of hone that through the Down to Westlake blog, With the relationships that you had built in Middle Tennessee with Matt and some of these other guys, he is a phenomenal photographer. What's his? How can people find Matt?
1: You can find Matt through his Instagram handle of of underscore the underscore field, or he has a website called www.themcimage.com.
0: Okay, so. Uh, underscore of underscore the field.
1: No, of underscore the of
0: underscore the underscore field. Yeah. So, so of the field separated by underscores.
1: Yep, and that comes from uh one of the Bible verses that he's very prominent about. Um, because I know it's not Romans one twenty, I believe it's not Romans one twenty, but I. It might be in Genesis that he was talking about that, but that's where he, he has that from because he, he also comes from the biblical background too and just wanting to incorporate and show the love of Jesus Christ through the outdoors as well.
0: Gotcha. He's a, he is a phenomenal photographer and I follow him and have been seeing the doors are starting to open now where he's going on. I mean, he's documenting and doing some um, content for, uh, major, major outdoor industry, you know, players in the outdoor industry. But it's just beautiful to me, you know, um, through relationships, through dogs, through relationships, through spending time with Hurley down at Westlake, running drills, um, uh, starting to blog about that, crafting and honing your riding skills, relationships with Matt, and then this door opens, and you start writing for Split Read and Slayer and um, some of these some of these other outlets. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about your work with Split Read?
1: Yeah, yeah. So my work with Split Read, uh, I'm still I'm behind on it a little bit because I I took some time off to try my hand at Oregon State for a little bit, and that didn't pan out, but um, you no, know, my time with Read has been so good and really informative just to learn more about the industry through them. Because the way I found out was just they were they were they put a message out on Instagram for twenty four hours just to say, "Hey, we're hiring uh, to see if you uh, for writers." And I was like, "Shoot!" So I sent in my info. I connected with some people, and now I'm just I'm doing some really good writing with them, and I've been able to to really to meet some people that I never thought I'd meet and just to connect with them and to, okay, I'm no longer fanboying over these people like a, like a lot of people do when they first get into the industry and they're like, Oh, that dude taking some cool photos, that dude doing this. And now I'm actually working alongside them and getting to, to get to learn from them too. Cause there's a, there's a guy that I connected with through a uh, split called Sean Swearingen, And he is a phenomenal writer and a good outdoorsman and he's actually from Oregon. So we got to connect a little bit about that, but just how, awesome. just to learn how to learn some writing skills from him and to build that relationship with him. Cause I, I actually got to interview him for one of the pieces that I've written and, uh, and just to talk about a little bit about how to, how to conduct yourself outdoors when you're around other people and all of that. And just uh, it. Learning working with Split Read has definitely enhanced the writing abilities and the network abilities that I've been able to have, and just it's been so good to be able to work with them.
0: So Split Read is kind of a um, a waterfowl specific water specifically waterfowl platform. And then what are you doing with Slayer? So Slayer is a duck call company, is that right?
1: Slayer they they branched out from duck calls. They're now doing okay. they've done turkey calls and they have a, a new line of elk calls that they've been really pushing uh, lately and that have been so good and they're, they're really focusing on the calls right now with what they're doing and I I've just done some writing with them and I've done a, okay. uh, I've done a podcast episode with them.
0: Awesome where can, where can folks find that if they want to hear it
1: uh, They can find that episode at any streaming platforms they can find. And it's uh, just uh, Slayer, Call the Wild,
0: Call of the Wild,
1: Call, of the, wild. Call of the Wild. Oh no, of uh, no of. Uh,
0: man. man, I'm messing everything up tonight. I've got the <laughs> underscores out of order. I'm putting extra words in things. So the podcast is Slayer, Call of the Wild, mm-hmm. and then is is then then just look for your name or.
1: Yeah, I believe it's episode four that I'm on, and it's just it's one four. with uh, Matt and I. And we're just talking about how we got into hunting and just how Matt and I uh, work together in the outdoors.
0: Great. So split read, people can go and find you and read some of the articles that you've written. Uh, And then through Slayer Call the Wild, they can listen uh, to a podcast that that, um, you and Matt were on together. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, you were sharing with me that you've made this shift, this intentional shift from uh, kind of a rebranding and this shift with Westlake, uh, down to Westlake. And, and you're in this process of trans transitioning to Westlake Outfitters. Let's talk about that a little bit. What is Westlake Outfitters? What's your, um, kind of focus what are you hoping to do through westlake outfitters
1: yeah westlake outfitters is going to be not only is it going to have the blog the way i talk about just the different things that you can do it's also Mm -hmm. going to just incorporate uh just where you're able to do things and how you're able to do things in terms of like different state parks that i've been to how i rate them with what what i'm able to do uh what you're able to do and then accessibility-wise, uh, how, uh, how much that would go, just with like state parks with that then campgrounds and just really on a local level with that and just slowly reach branded, not branded, but slowly grow it to a bigger level as I travel from state to state and just showing people how to do that as well as di- eventually different outfitters that I go and hunt with and just see how they're able to uh, to work with me and uh mm-hmm. how they would handle me in the outdoors just cause there was I remember one time I was looking to go do a hunt with a with an outfitter and I uh I called them up just to see, hey, I have this going on. What uh how would you get me out there? And they're like, oh don't worry about it. We'll get you out there. We don't worry about that at all. And I'm like, No, how how are you gonna get me out there? Just so I know I know how I'm going to be taken care of in that manner, because it's one mm-hmm. thing that you say you can get me out there, but it's nothing. Okay, how are you going to do it just so I'm not manhandled around? And I know yeah. that's one thing that a lot of people with disabilities tend to worry about a little bit, because it's not that we're fragile or anything. It's just like one wrong move can kind of set us back a good bit, and so it's, yeah. ma- it's mainly just having the intentional intentionality about it where mm-hmm not really like a walk, a step-by-step basis, but no, we have a side-by-side that we're going to set you on. We're going to drive you out. We're going to wait a minute. You can either sit in the blind while we set up. We can set a chair up outside the blind while we set up. If you're able to help set up, set up, just kind of just little things like that instead of just, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to get you out there. Don't worry about it.
0: Gotcha. So, so it'll be a platform for, um, People with limited capabilities to come, look and see where you've been, what places you would recommend, um, maybe places that you would recommend to stay away from. I don't know, um, but the blog will be there. Don't don't drop the blog, dude. The blog is legit. Uh, please keep the blog alive.
1: Oh, the blog's not going anywhere. I plan on keeping that alive.
0: Good, good, good. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so then transitioning again, and this is probably as exciting as anything that we'll talk about. So, um, uh, you're recently engaged?
1: Yes, I am. And it's, it's yes, been so you are. good. It's been yes, you I'm are. so good. So, uh,
0: yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Who are you engaged to?
1: Uh, I'm engaged to my wonderful fiance, Casey Morris, and yeah. she had been. She has been such a blessing in my life, and that has been such a good, good time just to be with her, and to to grow with her, and to to lead her, and to to love her and cherish her. It's it's nothing I've ever experienced before. Even just even just dating her before we were engaged, that was just a whole different level because she would she was so intentional and so authentic about and genuine about everything that mm-hmm. uh. It was just we had the, such open communication all throughout everything, and we were intentional about that too. Um, just keeping that keeping that flow between us, so we're able to to just grow and understand each other. And there hasn't really been been a bad moment at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you guys meet? I love this.
1: <laughs> uh, we met on Instagram. Through yeah. a page called Christians Who Curse Sometimes, and <laughs> I'm
0: a I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little.
1: Yeah, just about that. And they were doing a they called it a meat market, where uh, guys would uh, send in their info, a picture, and three questions they wanted the girls to ask, and or girls to answer, and then just wait back for your matches as uh, the people who were running the the site would do all the the matching as the uh, people who were interested would reach out and so i got a handful of matches uh however casey throughout throughout all of that there were like eight eight or nine matches uh seven of the seven or eight of them were just standard paragraph or so casey wrote me a novel about everything and i was like hmm. i want to meet her because instead of just mm-hmm. like just like so there are three questions so maybe like eight lines total She sent me about 50 lines and I was like, "Wow, whoa, okay. She was very detailed about everything. And like, because one of the questions I asked was, what is a bucket list destination that you want to go to? And hers Mm -hmm. is Peru because she is very, she's very passionate about traveling and Mm -hmm. Peru is her top list, top one on the list right now. And she, she wrote so much about that place. And I was just like, man, I want to go to Peru now. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh, I reached out, so we got matched, um, we got matched together and then we just started talking for two weeks and then, uh, couldn't, couldn't take her out on a date quite yet. Cause she had to fly to Houston with her grandpa for a family thing. And then mm-hmm. she came back and we went out on our first date three weeks ago, a year ago. So i uh, October 30, October 6th was our first wow. date. And we've been together ever since.
0: So how did she handle the FSHD? At what point in the process did you let her know? Um, how, how did all that play out?
1: She actually figured all that out on her own a little bit. Okay. she uh, Before she reached out a little bit, she, uh, she went and uh, did a little Instagram stalking.
0: Oh yeah, as yeah. anybody should. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, she already, she already saw that I kind of had a little bit of that going on, and that yeah. didn't, they didn't, say didn't phase her at all. She was just like, "Yeah, let's go for it." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And so, what, what has that been like? I mean, the dating process. You talk about encouraging people with limited capabilities to get outdoors and to do these. I mean, there, some of the stuff that you do, people would consider to be maybe extreme. You know. Um, some of the places that you go and the, the things that you do. Um, but but what about encouraging people just in the the day in day out? you know what was what was that like? What's, what is the dating process like um, you know for a person with with limited capabilities?
1: It's very challenging uh, yeah. before her. Just because in in today's culture in today's society, everyone's about the dating apps now and uh, and all of that, and that's just a place that I didn't want to I don't want to wade into, in terms of mm-hmm. it's it's not a healthy way to to learn and grow a relationship at all. Okay. Um, and even though yeah I did meet her through Instagram, it was just it wasn't through like an app at all. It was a uh, it was just a little match thing real quick mm-hmm. and. I honestly wasn't thinking anything about it they were just mm-hmm. like, I had nothing to lose. I threw my info in and then he yeah. did it for me. So uh, really, I just want to don't lose sight. Don't lose faith and hope in, uh, that there's someone out there for you because yeah, there, good. there definitely is someone out there for you. It, it just might take time for them to come around uh, yeah. just because I know, we, uh, you and I, we've been praying for Casey, for someone, uh, to come into my life in this world for years. and I mean,
0: years yeah. years. yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, just seeing all my good friends get married, get, have, getting relationships, have kids and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still sitting on the sideline like, Hey God, where's my lady now? Where, where, mm-hmm. where's someone I can be with, you know? And then uh, I was just like, I was at the point where I didn't. I wasn't thinking anything about it. And hey, he was like, hey, here you go. And I was like, I was like, whoo. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And that, that, um, yes, we have been praying. I mean, I can remember one of our first real, real conversations, you know, after a few months. I don't remember if we were at M25 or I would have to believe we were on a mission trip or on a retreat or somewhere out of the normal rhythms of ministry Uh, but we, it was just us, um, talking and visiting and, and, you know, you shared with me, uh, way back, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago or more that that was a concern and that that was a desire of your heart. Um, you know, for somebody to see you for who you are, um, and, and for a, a mate, somebody that you could do life with and enjoy life with and love and be loved and, so yeah, for for years and years, we have been covering Casey in prayer. We just didn't know it was Casey. And
1: uh, <laughs> absolutely.
0: And uh, but that yes, yeah, so that's a good word for for anybody, um, capable bodied or uh, limited capabilities, to not lose hope, to not give up, to stay the course, um, to keep your doors open. To stay prayed up, I think is probably a good word in that. Um, And the beautiful thing, so I'm all about relationships anyway. The part, and this did not dawn on me. I mean, I had met Casey, been around Casey several times. I'd never made the connection that Casey is Reese's sister. So, Reese, so Reese. cousin, Cousin. Oh, cousin. Okay, sorry. So see, I was even wrong there. So cousin, <laughs> but I had no idea that those two were related. And Reese had been um he had come to the Space Between for a season through the Christ Chapel One Robins yep. connection and um loved that guy. Think the world of Reese. And He's a good guy. um but had had met Casey and hung out with you all a few times before uh, before I made that connection, so uh, even in the periphery through the web of relationship, there was connection there. So, um, so the dating process has that been has that been a joy? Have you had to learn kind of as you all go and develop kind of plans and how's that been?
1: We definitely had to. It's been a learning process, especially in the beginning, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just through. Uh, My FSHD did have a sort progression early on in our relationship. And so uh, I use the chair a lot now versus uh, just walking around normally. But uh, I use the chair when we go out a lot. Just because that that, uh, definitely, Mm -hmm. as much as I don't like using the chair, it definitely opens up doors where we're able to do things and where I'm able to be around a lot of people. And we just work out how, you know, getting out of the chair to stretch my legs in order so that way I'm able to just keep my legs good and healthy but just uh just what we're able to do because uh like our third date we went to the fair and that was that was where I got to break the tank out uh, from the good people at action chair and uh able to just walk with her on uh around there and then you know just the places we've been able to go with it And just because we went down to Savannah for the day one time and we went to Skidaway Island and just uh, through the marshes there and through the different uh, tree roots. Like if I was to go out there right now, I would within like three minutes, I would already been on the ground. But through that, uh, through that tank, we're just able to just go and have fun and just
0: just
1: be a couple and go together and learn together.
0: Yeah. So, for those of you who are listening that are not familiar, so so you, Hayden, you have a a traditional power chair, which is really cool. sucker is so fast. Yeah. Um, it's it it's kind of an indoor traditional power chair. Yeah. But you also have uh, uh, you've also got an outdoor chair, and as as with anything you do, you don't do anything halfway. So this thing is. It's is it built by Action Track? Is that the name of the company?
1: Action Track Chair.
0: Action Track Chair. So if you're listening to this, take a moment and just Google Action Track Chair and, and, and lay your eyes on this thing. But this sucker, you call it the tank. Yeah. Uh, which which is the right name. But I mean, it's a track chair built mm. for remote places this sucker is bad to the bone
1: it, it really is just with all the capabilities i can do with it uh, just i took we took it through the swamps down in uh the marshes down at scootaway island and then taking it to the beach has been fun too but yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, because just to, to be able to take it on the beach and just uh, go out into the water with it and then sit mm-hmm. on the footrest. rest and just had the waves come over me instead of knocking me over, I'm just sitting yeah. on the foot rest feeling the water come over my legs and yeah. into my body. That was just so sweet to have and then uh, last year, I took a turkey hunting and just to go hunting with it uh, that's been a that that i mean that's what I wanted to use it for originally, but just through
0: mm-hmm.
1: being able to take it to the fair, take it out to these different places just it opens the door up so much instead of a mm-hmm. And I get to I get to look cool while doing it cause,
0: <laughs> cause, yes you do
1: because I mean I I can't tell you how many times I've been stopped while I have it and just like dude that's so cool that is bad where did you get that and just yeah all of that and just not only be like a, a like a, an ambassador for the company but just be like a a witness and a testimony to people that yeah I ha- I got. I got something that I can't walk with but I'm not letting it uh, hold me back and I'm uh using this chair to to go out and do normal things and and you know there are people who come up to me who they're like they ask where I got it because they have a relative that really needs something like it and they're able to see that you know even though they're like they can get out of a power chair but to get into get into this type of power chair to get around Mm -hmm. the yard and whatnot that's a that's a huge thing. So it opens the world up, not only for me, but it op- opens the world up for other people too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, does it take you from seated to standing straight up, like your recliner and some of your other?
1: Yeah, it it does. It stands up. Uh, that yeah. that version. is called the track standard, and it'll take you from okay. the seated position to standing up, and then straight up. And then that's that's really cool too, just because. I mean, for those people who can't stand up at all, just, you know, you strap <laughs> your legs in and you put the mm-hmm. vest on and then you're able to stand up and be in a standing position to where you're, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there, there's a change of about, you know, a, 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 about four, three to four feet from sitting mm-hmm. like near the ground to now you're standing up. and you, there's mm-hmm. a different view of life too because, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing that people with like limited capabilities in their power trees, you know, they're constantly like, it's not that they look down upon, but, you know, you look down at them instead of looking straight at them. And so yeah. when you're standing up, you're able to like see you, see a person face to face.
0: I think about some of my friends that I rodeoed with, you know, who had tragic accidents in the arena and ended up paralyzed from the waist down or um, to be able to be in a chair like that that, that, that would allow them to come. Fully upright at a standing position would be incredible. Um, and you had yours outfitted, so it's got a shooting platform, it's got a swing arm, is that correct? Like a swing arm that you can and a wrist that you can put a shotgun or a rifle in.
1: Yeah, I've got uh the bipod mount, the swinging bipod mount on it, where yeah. I would just keep the, have the gun right there. Then there's a gun rack on the other side where I can hold the gun right there while I'm traveling, so that way yeah. the gun doesn't move around at all. There and yeah. there's a utility rack on the back of it so that way like whenever I get a deer or if I have some gear that we need to take out we just latch mm-hmm. the gear onto the utility rack and go and then yeah. I've also got an LED light on it for you know late nights and early mornings mm-hmm. but and there's like there's over 40 different things that you can customize with with wow. and like mm-hmm. my favorite thing to say even though it's kind of it's not useful for me right now is there's a snowplow attachment for it where you can, where you can like for those people who are, you know, in the Midwest up North who, you know, need to plow plow the driveways or the streets or the sidewalk, put the snow roll up into the snowplow attachment, hook it in and then you can go plow your driveway easily. Wow.
0: And this sucker is on, for those of you that haven't seen it or didn't look it up, it's on like tank tracks. Um, I mean, it truly is a track chair you're talking about deer you know it's a game changer so you came up here 2020 or 2021 i can't remember but just over your shoulder there i can actually see your deer hide so um talking about getting outdoors you you came up and you and ben williams came up uh my friend our friend kevin yeager uh just went above and beyond uh, uh opened up his property um just doubled and tripled over backwards uh to accommodate you and us and and uh it's interesting, you know, down in Georgia, you and I tried I don't know how many years i we tried our best uh, so to mean. get you a deer killed and and uh I thought it was hilarious the day that you landed in St Louis that morning mm-hmm. that by that evening you had harvested your first deer and uh and it didn't stop there i mean um. To have the deer processed and delivered, Kevin um, surprised you and, and sent kept the hide and sent the hide off and had it professionally tanned. Oh yeah, um, so nice, just incredible. Yeah,
1: I can't I can't thank Kevin enough for what he did. Just yeah, yeah. and and everyone else who was behind it, uh, Stan and Jake and Tim and just all of them who Jerry, all of them who really yeah. just kind of came together to help it make it happen was yeah. truly so good. And that, that's a, I mean, talk about community right there. That's community for you too, out in mm-hmm. Missouri that you've been able to build over the years. And just, uh, even when I'm able to come out there to visit with them and, you know, they're, yeah. they're really good to just be intentional about coming to meet me too. And just talk with me and just catch up in life and see how everything's going on too with them. But yeah,
0: and they always ask about you, which makes my day. I mean, there's very seldom I bump into or talk to those guys. i hanging out with those guys that they don't ask, hey, how's Hayden? What's he up to? You know, they're all delighted that you have found love and that you're getting married. Uh, oh, man. So, so that's that, so sweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that is, you're right. That's a snapshot of authentic community. And um, I think about like that outing uh, and the difference the track chair would have made, you know, now we got to figure out how to get that chair out here with you. I guess you and Casey can come and just trailer it out. But when it comes to chasing Turkey or, or, um, maybe harvesting another deer, uh, maybe getting you into a place you've been with, uh, we, we went out to Cody's, uh, to, to shoot ducks. Um, but that chair would, would, um, open a door in a way that it would make things, it would certainly open a door.
1: Yeah, because I mean, no more, no more having to carry me up into the deer stand uh, and just things like that. You, I mean, really, you, all you'd have to do is just throw the blind <laughs> over me and we're good to go. Cause, and that, yeah. that's, and that's another thing too, just, you know, as both of us are getting older, you know, that's something that I've just had on my mind and just thinking of, you know, I want to, I want to keep all of us as healthy as long as we can. So got to figure yeah. out how, uh, how, how to make things happen, and so, you know, with this chair, we, yeah. you're not getting wear and tear on your body. Other friends are getting wear and tear on their bodies either, and I'm able to, to just hop in. Well, and,
0: and you gained weight. That's another thing that I'll say. <laughs> you, uh, over the years, you're not, you know, you're not 110 pounds anymore. You know, you've been lifting weights, and you've been eating well, and, oh, yeah. and uh, you have certainly gained weight, so you know, uh, to pick you up and, and, and move you around physically. Um, it, it's not, you know, terrible, but it's not comfortable for you. I mean, I think for me and Ben and different people, you know, uh, our concern, my concern is always hurting you.
1: Um,
0: or, or, you know, not handling things correctly that causes a shoulder to ache or, um, you know not prepping you when I sit you down so you don't have time to readjust and yeah. then you end up uh sitting wrong and hurting and um, yeah you know just little nuances like that. The chair certainly opens up a lot of possibilities um in in a way to put you in the outdoors but but the Skidaway Island story or or down to Westlake, you know some of these places. That you love, where God speaks to your soul, to be able to get out, and get away. Um, on the engagement trip, did you take the track chair?
1: Absolutely. It did was, you really? We uh, we went up to Cloudland Canyon for that. Uh, okay. I did. I did that because uh, Casey wants to go to all the Georgia State Parks, and okay. uh, she has the, the the Park Pass, and so we were able to do that. And I I was, would call I called Matt to come help me with that because. He brought his wife with him and we were able to get photos done. He was able to help with photos, but just with the whole thing of just getting in the track chair to do that, to go to the different places we want to go to to find out, find the spots to get to, you know, that. Wow. It, 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 so the, the places we went, you know, you couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to get to while hiking regularly, but with mm-hmm. the chair, it definitely was, it made it easy because then, you know, we're just having conversation like normal all throughout it. It's not like, Hey, are you okay? Do you need this? Do you need that? Or, you know, having to pick me up off the ground. It's just, uh, we we threw the gear on the back of the tank and we went.
0: Awesome. 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 So what, when are you getting married? What's the date?
1: We're getting married June 8th of next year.
0: Yes, you are. (laughs) June 8th,
1: 2024. Yes. Uh, It's been, it's been so good. Just, getting to plan the wedding with her. Um, that's been so much fun.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, awesome, man. Thank you again for coming on. Um, we have covered a lot. Thank you for vulnerability, uh, and transparency, uh, for educating and equipping us, not just with kind of bringing us up to speed, uh, and, and becoming familiar with FSHD, uh, which is a, a a rare form of muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just through the ages and phases and seasons of life, the importance of community, authentic, real community, um, and the role that your Christian faith played in each of those seasons, the connection with dogs, uh, and the outdoors, uh, with God's faithfulness, uh, in, um, bringing you and Casey together and then the work that you're doing, uh, with Westlake Outfitters is, is really, really exciting. I don't know if you have been able to catch any of the other episodes, but, um, I've got this dream. I've got kind of this dream that I'm working towards to have like a, like a simplify retreat or simplify festival. And, um, yeah, think, think like, uh, like a like think like a, a youth or a college retreat but for adults and families Oh, that'd be so and good. uh yeah and so my hope is my expectation is by the time we get to that place you can present you can come up in your big bad track chair and and uh and teach and speak some and and uh westlake outfitters by then i'm sure will be rolling along and so um yeah thank you just Thanks a lot. So I I end every episode by asking people uh, one question. The Mm -hmm. name of this podcast is the Keep It Simple Podcast. And so I'm just curious, like day in, day day out, week in, week out, how do you keep things simple?
1: I keep things simple by loving God, loving my family, loving others, and then the rest is going to take care of it. Amen,
0: man that's uh that's as good an answer as we have had
1: yet yes sir
0: awesome dude thank you again um uh as always if i can do anything for you um all you got to do say the word and uh, we'll be home uh christmas time and uh, I'm sure I will see you at Charity's wedding. I would imagine
1: you absolutely will, and I can't wait to see you at the bridesman. Yeah,
0: yeah bridesman—that's for <laughs> sure. That will that will be a first for me. But oh yeah, uh, love love makes you do strange things. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, brother. Y'all have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. I love you too, brother. to See you. See you.